All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Welcome once again to Invest Wisely. Walt Secure is our expert. Walt is the managing partner of the AKW Group, located here in Akron, with office also in Washington, Pennsylvania. They invest their clients' money in individually owned stocks and portfolios that are custom-designed for each of their clients' needs. If you have any questions about the stock market or about how the AKW Group invests their clients' money, all you have to do is call us this half hour. Talk to Walt directly, 330-673-1234 here in Akron and outside of Akron, including on WNR.com. Toll-free, it's 800-669-4100. Well, last week, I tell you, if you're a fan of the S&P, you have been uh, in clover the last couple of weeks. More records for that particular index. And how did the other indexes do last week? Yeah, Bob, the S&P and Dow uh, rallied uh, further into record territories, and we saw the NASDAQ actually outperform last week. Um, if we look at the indices, the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 2% for the week, up about 647 points a year to date. The Dow Jones is up 10.4%. Uh, the S&P was up about 108 points, 2.7%, and year to date, pretty close to that Dow Jones about at 9.9% up year-to-date. Uh, the NASDAQ has been coming back strong, as we said a few weeks ago. You know, it was kind of lagging uh, the other indices, but uh, it's 3.1% for the week, 420 points, and uh, now year-to-date is at 7.9%, so all pretty healthy returns across the board uh, for all three of those indices. And then the Russell 2000 was off about a half a percent last week, so the small caps gave up a little bit, but again, uh, still the leading index for the year, up 13.6%. Uh, we saw really across all sectors, Bob, um, you know, 10 of 11 S&P sectors were up. Uh, information technology, the technology stocks really came back strong last week, and hence why we saw the performance on the NASDAQ. Uh, the uh, technologies were up 4.7% last week. Uh, the only sector that lagged was the energy sector, which was off about 4.1%. And uh, really, you know, coming off of Monday, <clears throat> we had a strong employment report, obviously, for March, um, you know, going into the Easter holiday. And then I think we came in Monday, and everybody was pretty uh, pretty excited about seeing those kinds of job numbers. Uh, even Jamie Dimon, um, the leader of J.P. Morgan, you know, had some really favorable comments that kind of supporting what the Federal Reserve has been telling us. And uh, one of the comments he made, you know, it's possible uh, that we have a Goldilocks moment uh, fast and sustained growth, inflation that moves up gently, uh, but not too much, and interest rates that rise, but not too much. And, uh, you know, when you hear comments like that being made and, and kind of reiterating what Jerome Powell's been telling us, and uh, we see the vaccines, uh, you know, and continuing to improve, and 
that we see the economy you know, reopening in a lot of places. There's a lot of reasons to be positive. Let's uh, talk about the, the economy and, and COVID-19. It's been now a year. We've been under the COVID-19 pandemic umbrella, if you will. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of economic disruption, shutdowns, uh, things that we have never seen in uh, over 100 years. Now that we're in a year later, in the mid part of April, what is the outlook of the market and the feeling regarding this impact of COVID-19 for investors in the months to come? Bob, I think overall, you know, it's positive. Again, as uh, as we were talking, you know, we we see uh, the amount of vaccinated, you know, uh, individuals out in our in our uh, in the United States at 20, over twenty percent now. Uh, people that have received a one at least one uh, the vaccines is at near thirty percent. Um, and again, you know, we see a lot of states uh, starting to lift restrictions and. A number of states that have even lifted the mask restrictions, which, again, I know is uh, controversial out there, depending on what information you decide to listen to. But, um, you know, I think overall you just see consumers out. I think we can see it in our area here in Ohio, you know, that uh, when you're out and you're at a restaurant or you're out to the store, it just feels different than it felt last year, and uh, the sunshine surely helps as well. Now, a couple of the concerns about the uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccine last week. One was on production, where uh, they had some kind of a problem. One of their plants, 15 million doses were spoiled. Now they've cut down drastically on what they can produce for the moment. And the other was a concern about some side effects of the J&J vaccine. Now, what is the impact of that on the company itself and for the vaccine effort? It's going to delay it, Bob. You know, it's going to delay the Johnson & Johnson effort. Uh, you know, the vaccines are obviously going to have to be evaluated. And uh, you're right, you know, that we, we ex- you know, everybody probably thought there'd be some disruptions at times with side effects or uh, maybe problems in supply and, you know, the, 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 you know, meeting the demand out there and, you know, getting them, you know, the doses out there efficiently and effectively. Uh, so this is something that, you know, we, we thought we'd expect, and it, and it happened, unfortunately, to Johnson & Johnson. Um, but, again, I think, you know, they're going to rectify that problem quickly. We still need their vaccine, um, you know, to uh, get to that herd uh, immunity. So, like we said, there's only, you know, 20% of the population fully vaccinated. So uh, there's still a lot of need for all three of the companies, you know, Moderna, Pfizer, uh, and Johnson & Johnson, to uh, continue to uh, get their vaccines out there. Well, you also mentioned about the jobs report. It was very positive last week, a lot of job growth. Of course, you have to remember where we're starting from, some of the highest unemployment rates since the Depression. But still, the uh, Jerome Powell, you mentioned the Federal Reserve, they look to uh, look at the future actions they're going to put down. And uh, with the job growth and the like, uh, why is that very significant for the Federal Reserve? Yeah, Bob, it's really important. Um, you know, it's staggering growth. You know, when you look at uh, almost a million jobs in a month, I mean, those are numbers we've we've never seen. But as you said, we're coming off a very disrupted low base. Um, we need employment. Employment leads to, you know, people feeling confident. It leads to people spending. And we always say that, you know, 70% of our economy is what, what people do, you and I, consumers, do with their money. Um, you know, the government can't make up for that. Uh, even though they might try to make you believe they can. And uh, corporations can't make up for that. I mean, we need individuals out there spending, and, and people spend typically if they have jobs and they and they feel confident. So uh, we're going to see a lot of job growth this year. Um, and, and Jerome Powell went as far to say that it's going to take a string of these types of reports to, for them to feel like they're really starting to show the progress to, to the goals that they have. 
Um, so again, giving the market an, uh, another metric to kind of focus on. Everybody's been fo- focusing on inflation, uh, but by you know really kind of making emphasis of the job growth, it kind of makes the market now kind of pay attention to this metric and, and this uh, this growth as well, which will maybe take a little bit of the concerns away from inflation. Um, so again, you know, I think overall a little bit of posturing, but you know, also good policy. Now, of course, we're still looking at the ramifications of the potential infrastructure plan the president has proposed and the uh, uh, accompanying tax changes that will have to pay for that plan. Do we know anything more about about those tax changes and how realistic uh, any of them might be? Well, we said, Bob, at the end of last week, the knives come out now, and we see it. You know, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, posturing and, and politicking going on uh, to figure out, you know, what can get through and how they're going to pay for it. And uh, again, yeah, more data comes out, and it'll come out every week. Um, but it looks like, you know, the plan uh, infrastructure, as we talked about, is is not all at once. It's going to be over many years. Uh, there's a lot of people really, um, you know, questioning the definition of infrastructure with some of the spending that was put into this plan. And, and again, still a lot of thought of how we're going to pay for it. So I think there is still that consensus that you'll see as uh, probably – a variety of all kinds of taxes going up, uh, maybe some middle ground on some of them. Um, but again, until that it's decided and then bring a lot of speculation as far as uh, what you know where the taxes will head and who will get hit the hardest. Once more, we're talking to Walt Secure of the AKW Group here in Akron, who invests their clients' money in individually owned stock portfolios in the market. Uh, Walt himself has been uh, following the market and looking at research and more on his own for the last 35 years with the R.W. Baird Company as a as their support agency. They get even more research from Baird about market strategies, perspectives, and a lot more. So uh, you keep your head pretty much busy buried in, the, in your tablet or your computer looking at these good things. What have you seen recently, Walt, that uh, you might want to talk about in this research? Yeah, Bob, you know, a couple of interesting factors that kind of caught my eye from the last week. You know, uh, the U.S. population growth uh, has really slowed. Um, you know, we're going to grow just at 0.2% this year after growing 0.4% last year. And these are really low, low rates. I mean, you, going back in U.S. history, you have to go almost, almost back to uh, 1918 uh, when we had a 0.1% growth rate. So it's, it's affecting births, um, you know, the growth of our population, which does have economic impacts long-term. You know, we need uh, young people coming into the economy. We need people willing to work. Uh, to keep the economy moving, and uh, you know, when you look at the the future, I mean, it's extremely important. Um, you know, Japan went through a baby bust. I mean, there's one of the biggest things that stops economic growth is you know not having uh, you know babies and and populations cohorts coming through different generational cycles. So, uh, something to pay attention to. Um, another thing we saw, Bob, was the work from home trends. Uh, you know, continue to uh, really show themselves. Uh, Pew Research out there says that, you know, over 50% of people that, uh, you know, kind of experienced the pandemic and maybe work from home a little bit continue continue to want to do that or have some variation of that. I know here at Baird we had a big, um, uh, you know, kind of things coming out from the company, kind of the, the workforce of the future. And, and, you know, the embracing Baird has always been a leader as far as, uh, you know, they're on that Fortune 100 list of best companies to work for. So it's interesting to see our company embracing the work-from-home uh, kind of movement. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. So uh, all the technology that supports that, you know, I think there's still 
uh, from an investment perspective, reasons to believe in, 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 in those types of trends continuing. And the last one that, that I saw that was interesting is just the social, social media. About we talked about Facebook last week, and you know I kind of tongue in cheek said, you know I, I'm probably not a big fan of social media. I see a lot of negativity, but uh, there was a, a research study again from Pew Research that showed seventy percent of adults say they use social media, and they're they're continuing to use it in, in a bigger way. So. Um, you know the trends are there, and again, those are investments you can't uh, not pay attention to. We were we were commenting on Facebook, and even after what I read this week, and I continue to see, I continue to believe it's a good place to have some money invested. Once again, we're talking to Walt Secure about not only the market but the trends, things that are affecting it. Uh, the idea of working from home, uh, it, it, again, that's been become very very popular, and it may well continue. But we also have heard uh, much like homeschooling or the schooling, remote schooling that we've been going through for the kids, there is a certain amount of uh, concern in the workplaces that, you know, an interaction between employees in a common setting, by an office or, or the plant or something, is also a good thing. And uh, there is concern that if everybody's working from home, they, they don't get that interaction with the other other uh, people in their firm. They don't, be in, don't form any alliances. They don't form any, any bonds. So it's going to be kind of a two-edged sword there, whether companies are going to insist that people come back to the office for that good old group feeling, but whether they'll be happy having people work alone. Yeah, it's a great comment, Bob, and I agree with you 100%. I'm all about uh, teamwork and working together, and, you know, I think humanity is important. You know, I think all this disconnection, um, uh, there's some positives to be able to use technology, but I think when people lock themselves away and, uh, they don't have that human interaction. It does create some real oddities uh, as far as our you know society as we go forward. So I, I believe there is a middle ground, and then that was really Barry's approach. Listening to our own company is that um, you know they're looking for more of a middle ground in, in the way they're going to approach it, which I think is uh, probably the right way to go. So let's just shift over now to Stock Talk with Walt Sakara. Walt has been over 30 years working in the areas of stock market and stock trading and working for his clients. Not only does he have a lot of experience, but the R.W. Baird Company also backs him up with even more experience. So if you have any questions about uh, the stocks, a particular stock that you own or might like to own or stocks that uh, you're considering uh, selling, if you have those, or if you just wondered about some stocks that uh, Walt Sakara and his team are investing in, give us a call now and talk to Walt directly at 330 673 Two, three, four, and outside of Akron, including on W1Hour.com. For those listening in Western Pennsylvania online, it's a real toll-free for you, 800-669-4100. Well, uh, first quarter earnings are going to start to be reported, and uh, the uh, uh, financial institutions usually get in there first. Uh, what are some of the ideas that you have about, about the financial stocks as we enter this uh, next earnings season? Yeah, Bob, we, we really think financials um, should show some really good results. I mean, the comparison should be pretty easy to last year. Uh, the credit quality is better. Uh, the market conditions are better. Uh, the earnings numbers should be really huge. Um, you know, we should see really good earnings numbers. Uh, the blended growth rate should be really pretty good. So, again, I you know, I think that uh, you, you just look at all the conditions here, and they're extremely friend, uh, friendly. The yield curve has steepened a little bit. Um, and you know, there's been a lot of uh, trading activity out there as far as those that have the, the you know the uh, trading uh, interests and, and business lines. So again, I think financials um, you know have some real upside to them, and uh, that's uh, they'll kick it off this week. We'll see a lot of them report. You know, Goldman Sachs, and Wells Fargo, Bank of America, BlackRock, Citigroup, U.S. Bank Corp, uh, Morgan Stanley. 
uh, PNC, State Street, Citizens Financial. We'll see a lot of uh, bank stocks report their earnings this week. I owe them all money, so that should be very good <laughs> good for them <laughs> in their report. What other sectors outside of financial do you see being uh, strong uh, in the first quarter of this year? Yeah, Bob, you know, when you're looking, it's, it's, two, it's two thoughts. You know, who's going to be strong as far as performance? Um, a lot of industries, again, that are, are going through that recovery are probably better as far as potential stock rises and, and improvements. Um, as far as just robustness and growth, you know, you can't, you can't overlook technology and communications and healthcare and consumer discretion. I think they, but a lot of those stocks are fairly valued because, again, they've had big run-ups. They, they've held their valuations. Some, some have extended to higher valuations. So I think when you look at the industries that have the, the most bullishness as far as uh, new investments, uh, probably industrials, um, financials, definitely. Um, I think you can't overlook energy. I mean, energy is going to be around. I mean, everybody hates it. It's, it's the industry everybody's hated for a while. But, again, that contrarian view might make some sense here. And also materials are probably industries worth looking at. What about sectors that would be weak in this uh, the quarter? Yeah, well, real estate continues to struggle. I mean, even though there'll be recovery, again, a lot, of, especially commercial real estate, um, consumer staples, and I think utilities uh, will be the underperformers uh, for the, for the quarter. Let's talk about some of the stocks that you hold for your clients and your portfolios. Alibaba is one of your core equity portfolio holdings. They've had uh, some trouble back home in China. They have finally come down to a $2.8 billion fine from the Chinese government after antitrust investigations. How does this impact their stock and your investment outlook on the Alibaba? Yeah, you know, Alibaba, Bob, it's a, it's a big fine. It's the biggest fine that China has ever, uh, you know, put on a company, and it sounds really large when you hear $2.8 billion, but uh, you have to understand the, the relative scope of Alibaba. Um, you know, you're talking about a $93 billion company as far as revenue goes, so it's a small portion of their, their overall, you know, less than 1% of their overall, um, you know, revenue for a year, so they can pay that fine pretty uh, pretty easily. Um, you know, so there's been a big cloud over this company since Jack Ma went, you know, missing back at the end of the year for the month, and then it seemed like he was being punished. And uh, of course, Alibaba had the um, the Alipay and the Ant IPO that was supposed to come out, the fintech uh, type IPO that was delayed. Uh, this company's lost significant value. You know, the stock was up at 319 uh, back near the end of the year, and I mean, it's trading at 222. It's been punished. Um, you know, pretty significantly, it's off thirty percent from those highs. Um, so, and, and now you got clarity. You know, a lot of times, what happens when you get clarity uh, when a lawsuit is actually settled, it, it kind of almost is a positive in some ways. I think the thing we don't like about this is it just shows that you know political risk and regulation. Uh, when you're looking at a company like Alibaba in China, you know you got risks that you don't have with other companies, so you don't really know how the Chinese government's going to react at any given time or um, how that might impact the company. So that's kind of our bigger concern is you know we continue to evaluate um, we we don't own many of these, but we we try to own the best when we do. and uh, this makes you say, hmm, and kind of step back and think if it's really a stock we want to continue to hold. So uh, I'm definitely in that moment of uh, you know thinking if this is something we want to stay committed to for the long haul. Let's take some calls now for Walt Secure of the AKW Group. You're on WNIR. Good morning. Hello. Uh, good morning. Um, I wanted to say, first of all, that, uh, Walt, I liked your uh, analogy uh, two, two weeks ago that you mentioned about uh, 
the red dresses and the yellow dresses, and uh, it helped me to evaluate my uh, portfolio. And uh, I think I'm going to uh, sell one of my uh, uh, accounts in a particular stock. So uh, I want to thank you for that. Sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, the two stocks I was uh, wanted to get your opinion on was um, uh, Hulahan Loki and uh, Shift for Payments. Have you uh, heard of those? Um, I've I've seen them come across my screens. I don't. I have not looked at them in great detail. Uh, do you have symbols for both of those? Yes. Uh, uh, H L I for Hulahan Loki. Uh huh. And uh, four for shift four payments. F O U R. All right. Yeah. Who? Who? Uh, who? Han Lukey, Just looking at it real quick. Um, provides it says mergers and acquisition financing and restructuring services. Obviously, in today's environment, with a lot of deal making being done, that's a pretty good space to be in. Uh, looks like the last quarter was incredible. Um, you know, just as far as revenue and earnings go, and the quarter before showed some profitability. Um, so, yeah, it seems like they're in the right space. I would have to really dig in deeper. Um, this is this would fall into that small mid-cap um, category, but one I'll write down and take a look at through the week. I might make some comments for you next week. And then um, also just shift for payments, looking at it real quick, um, provides integrated payment processing and technology solutions. Um, again, don't see the profitability here. Uh, they look like they're expected to turn a profit in 2022. Uh, earnings growth, the revenue growth is still pretty, you know, middle of the road, 11% uh, in the September quarter, 4% in the December quarter. Um, so, again, I'd, I'd dive in this one a little bit for you, too, and take a look through the week. Might might make some comments next week. So. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for calling 330-673-1234 to talk with Walt Secura of the AKW Group here in Akron and then Washington, Pennsylvania. We're talking about stocks and liking stock talk. Uh, another area of investment, cruise lines. Um, the cruise lines, uh, you know, the love boats of the world, uh, they want to start sailing. They're having a little bit of a problem with the CDC in Florida as to when they can start sailing. But uh, you hold Norwegian cruise lines in your small mid-camp portfolio. So how has that been doing during this uh, pandemic time, and do you think there is a, a good chance of a strong recovery? Yeah, Bob, we bought this as a recovery stock, you know, um, a few quite quite a few months ago, and we've gotten some decent recovery out of it. It's traded off a little bit because, again, I think in March uh, there was a lot of hope and belief that cruises would be, you know, up and running here real soon. And uh, as you said, you know, they, they're running into some issues with the CDC, you know, trying to delay these things out, I think, all the way into November, I heard. And um, of course, uh, yeah, DeSantis is in the news for a lot of reasons down there, Governor DeSantis in Florida, but he's doing the right thing. He's fighting for this industry, and he's saying, you know, if people can fly and if people can, you know, uh, start getting back out and traveling, you know, then why can't we get cruise lines up and running if we put the proper, um, you know, the, the proper uh, thoughts in, on, on place to how we do this, um, procedures uh Norwegian was real quick to point out that they would only, you know, take people that were 100% vaccinated. So it seems like there's some logic here, you know, keeping an industry under lockdown. Um, you know, they're hemorrhaging right now. I mean, they've taken more money than any companies out there to stay afloat. They've had to. And uh, keeping these ships, uh, you know, uh, in decent working condition, they they got to get back to business. There's a lot of employment 
uh, that's impacted by these ships. So it seems like there has to be some movement, and this industry has to open back up. And, you know, people have to be willing to, you know, I think we have to let people in the United States uh, take the risks that they're willing to take. I mean, we can't pe- keep people under lockdown forever. Captain Stubing is waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the phones. You're on WNR with Walt Secura. Go ahead. Morning. Uh, Walt, do you remember uh name Peter Lynch? Wrote a book oh. about investing. Sure do. Right at the mall. He had a couple. And he, he said, buy what you know. Remember that? I sure do. <laughs> well, uh, what do you think of this? Well, anyway, my grandmother lived to be 100, and she had a Coke and a peanut butter cracker every day. So years ago, I bought Coke and Smuckers and Jif and so forth. So anyway, that was my uh, – I'm, I'm hoping I can follow that pattern with that Coke and the peanut butter. But anyway – my call was about non-fungible tokens. Uh, <laughs> does anybody in the world really understand that they're they're buying artwork on uh, digital, one-of-a-kind uh, basketball sh- uh, shots and things? I mean, I, I, I'm not remotely interested in that or anything, but it's just interesting and in, uh, as a uh, subject matter, you know. It is. It is, Ken. Yeah, well, first of all, comment on your Peter Lynch comment. I uh, I love Peter Lynch. I think he has some of the greatest quotes ever. And uh, going along with that simplicity, he always said, if you can't illustrate it with a crayon, then don't buy it. And, uh, you know, I think if every investor tried to draw their, their investments out with a crayon, you'd have a lot of people, you know, having pretty bad artwork. And uh, speaking of that, the NFTs would probably be pretty bad artwork. <laughs> I don't think people would really understand those at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, Ken, if you give me a call during the week, I will. Uh, I have a, an amazing newsletter um, that written by Grant Williams, uh, where it's a 41-page newsletter. I read this thing three times uh, that talks about this whole virtual world and the NFTs, and uh, I'd be happy to forward a copy of that to you. But um, just, just fascinating. And uh, yeah, I continue to dive in and try to understand all this. But uh, you know, I'd rather stick to those things that I can draw with a crayon at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I uh, when I saw that, I don't even know what non. I don't know what, what fungible. I'm gonna have to look that up. It's non fungible tokens. And that guy from Shark Tank uh, that uh, owns the basketball team is real yeah, sharp. Mark Cuban. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, Cuban. yeah, yeah. He he's heavy into that buying uh, artwork and all that stuff on that. So anyway, it's really weird what's going on. You know, it, to, it, to an older person, I. It's every day. It's a different. It's it gets more weird. <laughs> uh, I, I got you. I, I'm doing okay, well, the same way. <laughs> it's good. Thanks for calling. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bye. Well, non fungible means you can't funge with them. That's all there is to it. They don't. They don't funge well. <laughs> that's um, I, I, I got. I get a hold of that book you were talking about too. I'd like to learn more about that. Um, and real quick, we can't let another week go by without mentioning Tesla again. You finally <laughs> broke down and bought them for the core equity portfolio for your investors. Uh, not only are they knocking them dead here in the U.S., now they got some good data coming back from China. So you still feeling very bullish on your purchase of Tesla for the core equity portfolio? I do. I do, Bob. I, th- I think, you know, it is, as Ken just said, it's, a, it's an odd world. And, um, I, you know, I think Tesla is the way for me to play some of this stuff that, uh, you know, to get exposure to some of these things that are odd. 
Uh, of course, they have cars, and they're selling a lot of them, and they just, you know, reported they sold 35,478 units in March and, uh, you know, 25,327 uh, Model 3s and 10,151 Model Ys. And, you know, so they're, and their China sales look amazing. And so that you have some stability to that, and, and you have their solar panels and uh, their battery technology. And then I, I'm letting, you know, Elon Musk be my Bitcoin manager um, because he bought a big, I think, $1.5 billion of Bitcoin on his balance sheet. So, you know, I, I have a little bit of exposure of Bitcoin through Tesla, and I don't have to worry about it, and I don't have to, you know, break my, my brain over thinking about these things. And uh, sometimes that's an easier way to get exposure. And finally, Walt, anything new going on to AKW Group or the Bayard Company you want to talk to us about? Bob, we're just working hard every week, and, uh, you know, we love what we do, and we love the people we serve, and uh, we're always looking for people that want to join our team. So what's about next week? What uh, what other good things could happen next week? Well, we got a lot of earnings reports, which we talked about, and uh, some economic data. Uh, you know, all the banks will pay attention to. Delta Airlines will see their earnings, and we'll also see Taiwan Semiconductor talk about why they, they're having trouble making a bunch of microchips that are affecting everybody. So... It'll be an interesting week with a lot of data to look at. The AKW Group. Call them in Akron at 234-466-7476. And in Washington, Pennsylvania, call them there at 412-480-5090. Tell them you heard them on WNIR Kid Akron. Walt Secura, thanks for talking with us. Talk to you next Sunday. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Alibaba Group Holding Limited, symbol BABA. Bank of America, symbol BAC. BlackRock Inc., symbol BLK. Citigroup Inc., symbol C. Citizens Financial Group Inc., symbol CFG. The Coca-Cola Company, symbol KO. Delta Airlines Inc., symbol DAL. Facebook Inc., symbol FB. Shift 4 Payments Inc., symbol FOUR. Goldman Sachs Group, symbol GS. Houlihan Loki Inc., symbol HLI. Johnson & Johnson, symbol J&J. Moderna Inc., symbol MRNA. Morgan Stanley, symbol MS. Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, symbol NCLH. PNC Financial Group Inc., symbol PNC. Pfizer Inc., symbol PFE. State Street Corp., symbol STT. JM Smucker Company, symbol SJM. Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, symbol TSM. Tesla Inc., symbol TSLA. U.S. Bancorp, symbol USB, and Wells Fargo and Company, symbol WFC. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all of the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have received investment banking compensation from Wells Fargo and Company, symbol WFC, Bank of America, symbol BAC, and U.S. Bancorp, symbol USB, in the past 12 months. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have been compensated by Goldman Sachs Group, symbol GS, Wells Fargo and Company, symbol WFC, PNC Financial Group, symbol PNC, for non-investment banking-related security services in the past 12 months. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated has a corporate banking relationship with U.S. Bancorp, USB, and as their client, receives revenue from them through this relationship.